Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. By all our locations, first of the month. And, uh, and so we're going to worship a bit more here in Tamworth later on. Um, but right now, we're going to get stuck into the Word. Just want to welcome Gunnadar, Bendemir this afternoon, um, Port Macquarie this afternoon, and um, obviously Armadale and Gyra. Happy New Year. It is so good to be together. And, uh, and so this morning, I wonder, who's a New Year's resolution person? Anyone? Who sets New Year's resolutions? This is, uh, yep, it's just, literally just as. Oh, no, and the two changed children. Okay. Um, no one sets New Year's resolutions. Who's of the mind of if I don't expect anything, I can't be disappointed. <laughs> That's very faithful of you. Excellent. Okay. Um, look, it's true. It's a, it's a new year. And, and if you could pick the title that I would have this morning, you would probably even be able to pick it. New year, new you. Is there anything more cliched for the preacher to say than new year, new you? And um, I got sent a meme and it had all these rocky scenes. Thanks, Beck, of um, like someone warming up. And it said, pastor getting ready to say, I haven't seen you since last year. And uh, <laughs> Ritzy, yes, I knew you would appreciate that. Hey, um, I just want to, uh, just for a moment, we're going to have baptisms after the message this morning. And uh, I know that obviously in your location you might not, but um, I just want to encourage you uh, just to consider that. New year, new you. Jesus said, repent and be baptised or make disciples of all nations, teaching them all that I've commanded. And, uh, and, then, and then when Peter preaches, he says, repent and be baptised. And so um, it's a great way to start your new year. If you haven't done that yet, then this morning is a great time to follow Jesus through the waters of baptism. So I'm going to read two scriptures to you. The first one is Luke chapter 14 and verse 25. And this is what it says. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison, it's a good clarification there, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Jesus is saying, if you want to be my disciple, I need to be so far above every other priority that it would even seem like you, you hate them. He's not telling you to hate them. He's just saying, that's how much you need to value me. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. And what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counsellors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become a disciple without giving up everything you own. Frank, did I offend you? Like it's the second day of the year and you just get up. These are Jesus' words, okay? They're not mine. Salt is good for seasoning. But if it loses its flavour, how do you make it salty again? Flavourless salt is neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now I'm going to read to you a similar passage from Mark chapter 8. It says, Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, and three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand 
him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan. He said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. But if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when He returns in the glory of His Father with the holy angels. Man, I hope if you're in a location that you had such a grace-filled message around communion as we did here in Tamworth, because if we were to read that and just be going, oh my goodness, like this is heavy for the new year. Amen. But it's powerful and it's going to free us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Your Word is good, always, always good, because You are always, always good. So Lord, I pray that You'll just settle everybody's hearts. Lord, I pray that we'll be sensitive to You, Holy Spirit. Lord, where You're knocking, Lord, let us open the door. Lord, where where You're seeking, let us be found by You. Lord, where You're correcting, let us be surrendered to You in Jesus' Name. We ask, Lord, that at the start of this new year, this would be less of us and more of You. We pray with our whole hearts in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to bring some things around change uh, this morning, around the new year, new you, and what that looks like. And number one is to consider the change. Jesus says in both these passages, if any of you want to be my follower, if any of you want to be my disciple, what is it that you want this morning? Consider the change that you want to make this morning. What is it that you want? Consider the change. And as you think about this, there'll be things that just start snapping off and you're immediately able to identify them. Maybe you've got some New Year's resolutions. You didn't want to put up your hand because you thought I might ask you about them and you want to keep them a bit quiet. But consider the change that you want to make this morning. There's the external, the external change. And uh, we read about the order of this when Isaac um, kind of made peace with his neighbours. Actually, he didn't make peace. He kind of acquiesced. He gave them all the wells that he dug and he went and dug new wells. And eventually he found peace and decided he'd settle there. And this man, Isaac, first of all, what he did is he built an altar. So as it relates to you, what change do you want to make with regards to your relationship with God? And I just want to put a baseline out there for you this morning that are you having a daily time with God. Now I know I'm looking at Benny and Ames up there and Sarah and Trav and Brie and Dion up there and it's just like any, like if we can snatch a moment with God, that is a win for us. If I could read the verse of the day on you version, that is a win for me and I get it that there's different seasons and different times in our life. But regardless, have you decided to give God a daily portion of your time? Because that's the first thing that Isaac did. The first thing that he did when he settled was he built an altar. And so I want to encourage you, what's the next step that God wants you to take in your relationship with Him? Can you consider that change this morning? Maybe go ahead, write it down, put it in the notes in your phone. What change do you want to make as it relates to your relationship with God? The next thing that Isaac did was that he pitched a tent. He looked after his family. He looked after his family. And it is so good this morning for you to consider any change that you need to make in your family. And I was thinking about this, I was preaching this to myself first this morning. And, uh, and I thought, you know what? Every year, Daz and I used to go to um, a psychologist um, for marriage counselling. Just every year we'd have a health check, an annual health check. And I think it's been four years since we have. 
And, and, and I've, I've never loved Dasmore. I've never felt loved by Dasmore. But I thought we need to do that again. We cannot neglect this most important relationship in our lives, this most important earthly relationship that we have. So as it relates to your family, if you just ask God right now, what's the change that you need to make? What relationship do you need to build? I was talking to a, a single mum last night and she was just devastated about her relationship with her daughter. And I said to this relative of mine, I said you know what, I have no answer for you and and you have no answers either. So how about you go resource yourself? Like go, is there a course that you can do? And she said, you know what, Brian, I'm meeting my my friend tomorrow who deals with single parents. I was just catching up with her, but she's got all these courses for single parents and how to parent their children. And she said, I'm not going to just catch up with her. I'm going to ask her questions tomorrow. Resource yourself. Don't be so proud or try to do it on your own. What is it that you need to do? What relationship do you need to repair? What do you need to forgive? What do you need to release? What relationship do you need to concentrate on? So he pitched a tent. The next thing that he did was he dug a well. He provided for his family. He went to work and provided for his family. Is there a change externally that you need to make to your work, to the way that you're providing for your family? I'm going to bundle this together and put finance with it. Is there a change that you need to make with your finance? You're probably able to identify these things easily. You might have a goal or something like that, but but it's good. We need to consider the change. Then finally, because, you know, Isaac, in Isaac's day, it was just good if you didn't get killed by your neighbours, by the tribe next door. And it was good if you lived to 33. That was a bonus. Oh, actually, no, Isaac's day, they lived to like 462. But um, as time went on, in Jesus' day, if you made it to 40, that was a win. But we make it to much more than 40, generally. There's, there's tragedy and there's devastation that, that cuts it short. But generally, we live long lives now. Women, even longer. Can I get a woo-woo? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, come on. We're tough, yo. Um, but generally longer. And in fact, as because he's nine years older than me, and then women live nine years longer, I'm like, potentially, that's 18 years without Daz. I'm going to India and get myself martyred during that time. Dave, I'll be calling you if that's okay to head over to northern India. Um, Whatever it is, that was a segue to nowhere. Talking about health, health. Where's your health at? Where do you need to look after yourself more? Are you like, you know, it was my goal in 2021 to lose 10 kilos. Praise the Lord, I've only got 15 to go. Is that, where are you up to? Where is it in your health that God wants you to make a change? Um, and so let's consider the change. But let's not just consider those external changes. You can get a book on that. You can get a resource on that, whatever it might be. But you also want to make the change of whatever change God wants to make in you this year, at the start of this year. I wonder, like right now, wherever you are, if you could just close your eyes and you could just, in your own words or even just these words, you could say, God, in this moment, I surrender all. I surrender all, less of me and more of you. Holy Spirit, come and make the change that you want to make in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Because I've found that God will just, every now and then, come in with a change I had no idea that I needed to make. And He might bless me with someone who sees me and has the courage to call me out on something. Or he might bless me with reading his word and something pops out and I'm like, oh, cuts me to the quick. 
Or he might just like in a moment like that, when I'm just less of me, more of you, Lord, he'll come in like a flood and remind me of a way that I'm not surrendered to him. Let's continually consider the change that we need to make. Make that a daily prayer. I surrender all. Less of me, more of you, Lord. Consider the change. Number two is confront the current. Confront the current. We don't get to go anywhere unless we know where we're starting from. We need to confront the current. And there's three things that I want to bring out here. The first is prioritisation. You know, Jesus says that if you want to follow me, you must by comparison hate your own life. What is it currently that you're putting before the change that you want to make? What is it? Look at it and, and assess it. You heard me talk a few weeks ago about my finance and how for the longest time I just didn't want to track my finance. It just seemed too much trouble. I tried budgeting. I tried apps. I tried everything. And God was continually telling me, you need to know where your money is going. And so I began to do that. But, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that at all. What is it that you're currently not doing that you know that you should be doing or something that you aren't? aren't doing that you know that you should be doing. Confront the current and what are you putting ahead of that? What are you putting ahead of that? My auntie um, got a job with the Bible Society a number of years ago and in the training they had them just write down 20 things that they love. Pretty easy. Like even you're kind of trying to think of 20 things by the end of it. Just 20 things that you love. And, and then they were asked to order them, put them in order of priority of how much they, you know, what was the most loved. And so for her, she had her children first. And, and then after that was like, um, I can't remember, but her house or whatever, and just a list of things. And then they said, would you be willing to give up the bottom 10 things for Jesus? And on a list of 20 things, it's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I could do that. And they said, look at five to 10. Could you give up numbers five to 10 for Jesus? That's when you're starting to get a bit closer to home, right? And then they said, could you give up one through four for Jesus? And when you're looking at a list that you've written of the things that you love, that makes it real. Would you be willing to give up everything that you love for Jesus? Now, we live in a culture, we live in a nation, we live in a generation that we're not particularly asked to give up much at all. You might give up a few friends at work if you let them know that you're a Christian and you follow Jesus, but largely we're not asked to give much up. But what if this year everything changed? Like That's the course of history. Things change on a dime. If everything changed, would you be prepared to give it all up? That's prioritisation. Then itemisation. Like if you look at the change that you want to make and, and you're like, okay, well, this is what I'm currently putting ahead of that change. If you're like, I want to lose five kilos, but currently I'm putting ahead of that the donuts I start my day with and, and I want to give that up, okay, sure. Or, or, or I want to save for that goal, but currently I'm not really doing anything. I'm, I'm, I'm spending all my money. So, okay, that's what's priority ahead of that. What about itemization? What do you have? You see, Jesus says here, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. He says here that won't they count the cost first? Won't they look at what they've got? If they start a building, won't they make sure they've got enough money to finish it? What have you got in order to make the change that you want to make? And you might, this might be really hard for you. You might be like, well, I, I don't feel, that's the problem. I don't set goals. I don't set expectations because I don't feel like I've got the resource to complete it, to push through on that. I've tried before and I never quite made it. I just want you to raise your faith again this morning at the start of this new year. Just raise your faith and say, no, I'm ready. I can do it. But God, but 
but God, that's the story of Scripture, but God, God comes in like a flood and God makes a change and He helps us out. What do I have? And then I add the God factor to that and then I'm ready to take that mountain. I'm ready to take that hill. Number three is limitation. Where's your limitation? Jesus turned to Peter and said, you're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Is your limitation your human thinking? That you just think like a person? That you think naturally? What about the end of that passage? This is a big one for me and particularly as a teenager it was. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person. You know, I, for the longest part of my life, cared way too much what people thought. That was my limitation. I couldn't speak out in boldness and courage because my limitation was what if they don't want to be friends with me anymore. I just want to encourage all the teenagers in the room, 2022, let that be the year that you at school, that's not your limitation. You don't care what people think of you. You are there for the audience of one. You care about what God thinks of you. And even us adults, hey, imagine if your workplace just resounded with the truth and love and grace of Jesus Christ through you because you no longer cared what people thought about you. You no longer were worried or concerned about that. Um, A dear person in this church who travels to countries that aren't allowed to uh, hear, they're not allowed to have the gospel spread. And there's a statue in that country and you're meant to bow to it as you drive past it. And um, this wonderful person in our church said that they just refused to bow down to it, even though in that country you've got minders who look after you. And they were like, no, no, I won't. I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I'm not going to bow my knee to this image of someone else. I only bow to the Lord, my God. And then he said this really interesting statement. You know, it's easier for me to do that than to speak up in my workplace. It's easy for me to go to a country where... I could get killed or put in a labour camp or anything. It's easier for me to not bow the knee there than it is for me to not worry about what's here. So where's your limitation? And this is not for condemnation. This is just to accept it and go, yep, that's the current challenge. I'm going to confront the current. That's the case because I can't fix it until I confront it. Thirdly, count the cost because there's always a cost. If you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Cross is a symbol of death. And Paul said, I die to myself every day. And Voskamp says that love is simply suffering and you just get to choose who you suffer for. Who's God calling you to suffer for this year? It's not that cheery. It's not really what Hollywood says about love, is it? I'm going to sick Anne Voskamp onto Hollywood. It's a new kind of romantic comedy. Love is suffering. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a little bit nervous about that. Okay. There's always a cost. We try to mitigate the cost. We try to adjust the cost. But there's always a cost. And the question is, are you prepared to pay it? That's why Jesus, he was super upfront. He said, this is going to cost you everything. You want to follow me? This is going to cost you everything. The change that you want to make will have a cost. And if you, the, the change that you want to make is following Jesus with everything, it'll cost you everything. But the, he doesn't tell us that to make us sad. 
He tells us it to make us see. He doesn't want to make us sad. He wants to make us see because then He says that if you will let go of your life, you'll actually gain it. There's actually greater things to be won by you giving away your life. It's not to make you sad. It's to make you see. What is it that you feel like God is calling you to give up? It's not so that you will be in pain. It's so that you will be liberated and set free to serve Him and set free to make the world a better place. Count the cost and follow Jesus. Count the cost. There was a young man who came to Jesus. He was rich and he was young and he was a ruler. They're things that typically we mainly want to be. Which is your favourite of those? You want to be in charge? You want to be rich or you want to be young? I'll just take all three. Thank you, Lord. But it's, it's not typical. But this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you've got to keep all the commandments. And, and so this man says, well, actually, I've kept them since I was a young tacker. And, and, and Jesus, so not only is he rich, not only is he young, not only is he a ruler, but also he's righteous. He's a good guy. He's, he's trying to do the right thing. But Jesus goes to the heart of the matter and he says, that's great, mate. Well, probably didn't call him mate. He, he looked at him, he loved him and he said to him, he looked at him, he loved him and he said to him, that's all very good. What I want you to do is sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And in that, he put in front of him a cost that he was not willing to pay, that he wasn't willing to pay. And it says that the young man went away sad. But Jesus didn't want to make him sad. He wanted to make him see. He wanted to make him see the grip that, that, that money had on his heart and he wanted him to be liberated from it. I have this scenario play out in my head that this young man went away. I'm not adding to scripture right now, by the way. This is not canon. This is, I'm not being heretical. This young man goes away and then he hears a kerfuffle about Jesus dying on the cross and, and then he goes and he hears Peter preach the first message. And, and, and he, he's like, I'm not making that same mistake again. I'm in this time. And he's part of the 3,000 that got saved and baptised that day. And when all the believers sold everything and had everything in common, he's like, yes, please sign me up. I'm not going away sad ever again. Now, I, that didn't happen. I hope it did. I hope I meet him in heaven one day and he tells me, you, you were right. That was awesome. How did you know? I'm like, oh, I just did. Uh, but, it, but, but he doesn't want to, Jesus doesn't want to make us sad. He wants to make us see what is it that God is putting his finger on right now in your heart that you don't want to let go of. Not to make you sad, but to make you see, to make you see. And then finally, chart the course. Chart the course. Because you don't, to, you know that old um, saying to fail to plan is to plan to fail. To fail to plan is to plan to fail. You can decide that you want to make a change. You can consider what is currently against you or for you. You can um, count the cost and you're all good. And then you can not actually do anything about that, but chart the course. And Daz is actually going to preach about this next week. He's going to tell us exactly how to do that. I just want to bring out two things. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says, do the things you can control, not the things that you can't. So for example, you know, this is one that is close to a lot of people's heart. <laughs> not mine, obviously, no need. But weight loss, um, <laughs> that, that, that you would say, I want to lose 15 kilos this year. Well, you have no control over that. You have absolutely no control of how your body responds to anything like that. But what you can do is say, well, I'm going to give up sugar or I'm going to give up gluten or I'm going to give up 
whatever it might be, food probably, um, whatever it might be, you, you can only control what you can control and, and leave the rest to God. Okay, first I'm going to give up um, sugary drinks. I'm only going to drink water. And secondly, I'm going to give up whatever it might be. Do what it is that, that suits you. Don't do what someone else does because it worked for them. Pray about it and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How are we going to get this done? I know that I need to do this for my health, whatever it looks like. What is it for you? Do you want to follow Jesus with everything? Well, you know, that's nice to say, but what are you going to do? How are you going to give God the best of everything you have? How are you going to give Him your time? Where's the place that you're, you're most alive? Not just at night when you're falling asleep. Oh, I forgot to pray today, dear Jesus. <laughs> Uh, not that. Like, where's the? Where are you most awake, most alive? Okay, Jesus, I'm giving you some of that time. Where are you? Where do you have lots of talent? Where has God gifted you? How are you going to give that to God? Where Where has God blessed you with finance? How are you going to put Him first in that? Where is it that you're going to be? That you're like, it's not just going to be. Oh, Jesus, I'll follow you for sure. But no, nah, I've got um, a plan for this. And then you just got to work it every day. In another um, part, another part of the gospel, Jesus says you've got to take up your cross every day. And Paul says, I die to myself on the daily. This is an everyday thing. And the best news is that every day when you wake up, there's fresh mercies for you. When you wake up in the new year, there was 365 days of fresh new mercies waiting for you. And, and so you got it wrong yesterday. That's okay. Today you wake up and you go again. You do this every day. You work it every day. You chart the course and you go for it. And Daz is going to give us really practical tools around that next week. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Can we just close our eyes everywhere right now? I would love you to consider this question as you block out distractions and don't worry about your kids. They're fine. They're welcome. They're beautiful. What have you put ahead of your soul? What have you placed more value on than your soul? And is it worth more than your eternity? Lord Jesus, I just want to pray for every single person right now. And Lord, I pray for those who are in a place of surrender. Lord, I just ask that you would see their heart, that you would see their intention. And Lord, right now you would fill them, that they would be filled and be being filled by you, Holy Spirit. And that they would receive power to live the life that you have called them to. If you're here this morning and you want to pray a prayer to surrender your life to Jesus or to re-surrender your life to Jesus, I'd love us all to pray right now together because you can never go wrong with this prayer. We're all going to pray together. But if you know that this is a prayer that you need to pray, then you pray it with everything you have. Can you pray after me wherever you are? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for taking my punishment for my sins. I ask that I would follow you. Take my life. You can have this whole world, but give me Jesus. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to continue the conversation here in Tamworth, but unless you're staying on, um, just have a great Sunday. And uh, we'll just take a few minutes here and, and then we're going to have our baptisms in a moment. Um, but we'll, we'll direct you forward. Very good. Okay. Hello, everybody. All right, we've got a continue the conversation. Oh, see if I can get down that chair. So nervous. Oh, it doesn't happen as quickly as it did at 20. <laughs> and um, <laughs> next week, if we use these chairs, we're going to dim the lights for that moment <laughs> while we get settled. And that was kind of awkward and embarrassing. Well, thanks, Bron. I, um, hey, I wanted to start, uh, you can text your question to the number on the screen. Uh, just note, if you ever do this section, don't use your own password. It won't get you in. So I'll use the one that I'm meant to use, and that will get us in. Great. So um, thanks for the message. I just wanted to start by saying, what, what's the, it's a diff, that's a different message for you. I'm sitting there listening to that going, this sounds unlike Bron, even though this is completely scripture. So what's your bottom line hope for people on the back of a message like that? Oh, I don't really know what you mean. I mean, I know what you mean by bottom line, but I don't know what you mean by not like me. Um, so I'm trying to think what you're getting at, but I'll answer first. Um, well, forget that. Just go with the okay, bottom, bottom, line. Line. What's the bottom line. Okay. Well, certainly with the like, I just would love. You know, I know the scripture will do its work. Yep. They were heavy hitting, hard hitting scriptures um, that we need to hear on the regular. Yeah. And so I know that the word of God does not return void. And I know if I had been sitting in here, um, you know, if I had been listening to that that word, mm. as in the word of God, I would have been going. I would. The Holy Spirit would have been at work. In my life and yep. he would have been showing me things that yeah I need to give up and then I'm putting before God he would have been um, quickening things to me if I had been here and not really living the way that I know I'm meant to man I just know that I would have been feeling the Holy Spirit's conviction there and and you know I welcome that and yeah. I, I, I want that so I want that from the word and then I guess as it relates to the actual takeaways you know a lot of people here are living just they're flat out living for God yeah. but then there are principles from it that they can take and apply to make the change that they want to see this year. Great. So I, I, that makes total sense to me. So what about, let's talk about someone like you. So obviously you highlight, if you're not living for Jesus, this is a really simple message. Mm-hmm. Like he asks for everything. It's like all yeah. in with him. You are, like you said, lots of people here would be. Yeah. Um, how, how do you, how would you take this message away? What, what kind of change are you thinking about? as someone who lives fully for Jesus? Well, as you know, Darren Vanell, I am not a planner. I'm with all the people that had their hands down, unlike you and the Tainters. And uh, I um, do not love a New Year's resolution. Um, but as I, I think like, um, you know, I was talking to someone about something like food um, yeah. and... and and, you know, I was saying the, my lifelong struggle or whatever and, and um, that I, I don't necessarily own. It's not mine. It's just real. Kind of is mine. Um, but um, how they said, yeah, you've got to admit that, hey, you really like that. And they were saying, you know, I was watching for them MA movies and for me that was too far. Yeah. But I had to acknowledge, oh, I actually really like watching these movies. That's why I'm still watching them. I say, yeah. oh, I shouldn't watch this or whatever, but I'm still watching it because I like it. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, okay, what are the things that aren't good for me, but, but you know, they're not sin per se, but I actually just really like it, but they're not helping me. They're not good for my soul. So, you know, there's the, uh, if I get caught on a binge series, 
it's not good for me just because there's so many other things that I could be doing that are valuable in my life, but I'll just, you know, chill out for... 16 days and watch that um, series from start to finish. You will. <laughs> Lucky you don't make New Year's resolutions, hey? <laughs> they are, although you should download my fitness power. Yesterday was day one of one of my resolutions. I did hit my goal on day one, so day one down. Thanks, Bron. Yeah. Okay. Don't know why I told you that. <laughs> No, it's uh, awesome. Let's, let's go back to the message. Thank let's you. go back to the message. When I was young, if I'd have heard this message, and I did, and lived this message, I definitely would have started the year heavy. Hmm. Like, uh, even as someone zealous for Jesus, I would have gone away going, oh, yeah, you know, like, I would have felt that. Um, um, but now I hear a message like that, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Let's do this. Like the response is completely different. So, so can can you speak to someone who'd come away from the message like me at 22, yeah. and just going, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm going to make all these. Life's going to be hard. I'm going to make all these hard decisions. Yeah. But Jesus said, in giving your life, in losing your life, you gain it. Yeah. And in keeping your life, you lose it. Obviously, that has an eternal implication. Yeah. But what about the here and now, stepping into 2022? Yeah. Um, so, um, wow, that was a really long question. Um, it was. Sorry. Um, so, just trying to... Sorry, I need some more Coke. Mm. Um, so, the question... So, would you feel heavy? That's really a question, is it? What do you do no, if I'm you saying, feel heavy? if you... Because I know that's not what it's trying to do. So, and it's not how I feel. So, okay. But I would have. So, how do you help people not get sad... What do you want them to see? Because oh, obviously, okay, yep. yeah. So, yeah, that point of, yeah, what, um, it's not to make you sad, it's to make you see. Yep. Um, I think that, yeah, Jesus only ever points stuff out in us because he loves us. Um, he doesn't, yeah. This is one of the things that, you know, in terms of doctrine, that's why some people are so passionate about once saved, always saved. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm personally someone who believes that that um, you can walk yourself out of God's hand. Like it's, Jesus said, these little ones he's given to me and, and no one can steal them out. And I believe no one can steal them out. Out, but I do believe we have free will so we can get up and walk out sometimes and sometimes we're our own worst enemy. I, I know that many people here wouldn't believe that, that you believe that that once you're saved, that's it and you're always saved and there's eternal security. People get passionate about that because they don't want people to feel that heaviness of like the loss of their salvation. But um, but <clears throat> the reason I'm saying that is because the, the God has you. God has you in the palm of his hand and, and he's ready for you to run back at all times and, and, and just always think about that prodigal son, he greets you with a ring, he greets you with a robe, right. he greets you with a feast, um, he doesn't greet you with a rod. Um, in fact, um, Louis Giglio talks about the fact that when the prodigal son came back, that the dad ran because the people at the city gates had the right to judge that youngster who left, who went awry, who went and spent all the money on prostitutes. They had the right as the city leaders to judge that young fella. But once the dad ran out to the gates, that young young fellow then came in under his protection and was brought in under his mercy and he was showing everyone around them this one is under my mercy he's under my protection he doesn't need your judgment and um, I just think that's the most beautiful picture and another facet of the prodigal son the word of God is amazing it just keeps giving and giving very good Uh, you talked about limitation how do you take limitations off and create you know God God expectations yeah kind of thing um Limitations, um, well, 
uh, I, like so human thinking first of all you have to recognise what the limitation is mm-hmm. um, unless you see what the limitation is then you, you can't deal with it so um, name it like is it um, whatever it might be human thinking is it a negative attitude and spirit is it um, you know what is it that's stopping you what is it that's holding you back is it the love of the MA15 plus movies or whatever it is what is it that's stopping you from moving into your next and then asking God to deal with it I think that is like you still have a choice you still have agency in that but for me that's the biggest thing is that inviting God into and saying God I, I, I feel this limitation but it's lifelong learned I need yep. you to take it from me great okay last question right at the start of your message you mentioned you know daily devotions kind of thinking some people that's very familiar they've heard that at the start of the year for lots of years others they've lived it others they haven't how would a person what's a method give us a method if you're getting started doing a daily devotion that's meaningful yeah Um, I would incorporate three things prayer worship and reading the bible Um, and and so that worship can look different you don't need to start singing you don't need to write songs or anything like that Um, but that might just be you writing in a journal or reflecting on God's word or just adoring God Um, that can also be part of your prayer obviously Um, but prayer should 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 give him glory glory prayer should confess where you're getting it wrong prayer should be thanking him and prayer should you know we say you, your prayer shouldn't be a shopping list but it should contain the things that you want to request of right. God it tells us again and again in the word request of God request of God um, and so then um, also your word your word the word you know you might not be a reader um, but the word I love Will Messant says the word is not a book it's more than that it's living it's active and so the word reads you as you read it and yeah. um, and so just even going section to section I still that's all I do is I just go a section a heading to a heading I don't try to shred that's not that's not me if that's you go for it but some people do like four chapters a day to get through the Bible in 30 days or whatever it might be I can't do that and so I I just go heading to heading and I think about it and I ponder it great. and um, yeah that's yeah. great you version app take your Sunday message notes all kinds of ways to get it done yeah, definitely. all right very good well we're about to wrap Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.